Every believer has the capacity to live as Jesus lived. Live victoriously over sin, sickness, death, poverty, and every evil works of the enemy. You can transform not just your own life, but the lives of people around you. The more you expose yourself to the words of God, the more you see it flow through you. In this message, Pastor Philip teaches on how you can respond to God's unconditional love for you. Live your life in the reality of His power and be all His Word says you can be. You have God. That's why the song is powerful. He says you are enough. I know some people even though sang that song the minute, they want God and something else. Someone says, Pastor, I know Jesus loves me, but I want someone I can touch. I said, you have a high priest that can be touched. Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. The Bible says, for you do not have a high priest that cannot be touched. You see, Jesus can be touched. One reason Jesus Christ ensured that he remained a being and not a spirit. When Jesus Christ rose from the dead, he did not rise up like Nollywood ghosts. You see, Jesus Christ rose up body. You know, Nollywood ghosts, the way they rise up, they rise up. The dead body will look, the spirit will look at the dead body and say, The spirit is going out. The spirit will check the road left and right before you cross. See, that's not, that's not Jesus. When they went to the tomb of Jesus, it was empty. There was nobody there. You know, Jesus Christ didn't rush out of his grave. He didn't rush. He had enough time to fold his burial clothes. Like some of you rushed out this morning to church. If I follow you to your room, oh my God, pastor. Don't even think like that. You don't want to enter where I came from. You're here looking all gorgeous, all peck and gorgeous and fine. But if I follow you to your room, if you just had to put a video of your room on the screen, oh my. So Jesus Christ came out of the grave and fold his burial clothes. And the road, they had rolled a stone. You see, Jesus Christ did not roll the stone to escape. They rolled the way they stood so that everybody would see that the grave was empty. Jesus can pass through walls. So when he came to see the disciples, they were in the room. He showed up in the room, walked through the walls. And when he came in, he said, See, ta-da, I'm back. Jesus. He's a ghost. He said, no. Give me bread. So they gave him bread. He broke it and ate it. He said, see, I'm alive. For some of us who are foodies, we think that when we get to heaven, there won't be food. That's some hope for you. If Jesus can eat food with his resurrected body, maybe there'll be food in heaven. You get what I'm saying? He was alive can be touched. You don't have a high priest that cannot be touched. You don't have a high priest that doesn't feel what you're feeling. You don't have a high priest that doesn't know what it is to feel lonely. Did Jesus ever feel lonely? Did he ever feel lonely? The Bible says he cried on the cross. He says, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? He knows what it means to feel lonely. He knows what it means to feel alone. Jesus went through every single feeling and emotion you could be going, you could be going through this morning. You say, Pastor, I wish I had a vow. 
Jesus knows what it means to feel lonely. He knows what it means for everyone that he trusted. They served him breakfast. Peter said, I never, never, eh, true to God who made me. I never seen this man before. Have you ever been served breakfast before? Anybody ever served breakfast before? Oh, man. Heartbreak. Heartbreak. Real heartbreak. You are looking at Peter in the eyes. And this guy who you lived with, slept in the same room, you were in the boat with, you ate with, this guy who was in the same room with you, in the face of issues, would raise up their hands and swore that they never saw you before. That's heartbreak. So Jesus knows what it means to have heartbreaks. There's no feeling you are going through this morning that Jesus didn't feel. You see, the entire Bible, this entire Bible is God's love story to us. And this morning, I'll be sharing a small story with you. Everything you see in the scriptures, bring it out, David, it's too loud, is God's love story to us. In 4 John chapter 4, help me do more. 4 John chapter 4, we're going to read verse 7, verse 8, verse 9, verse 10. And in the house today, we are so honored of God to have the very own Ebuka songs. Minister Ebuka songs in the house. Would you please help me celebrate God's grace? Man of God, I honor you from my heart. Thank you so much for coming. This is the SLC you heard about. It's an amazing blessing. I mean, if you've had a song, I would pray, I would pray. If I don't pray, Satan would make mess of me. It was from his, this vessel that God breathed that song. And it would come up to minister to us this morning before he leaves. Amen. So I want your heart to be steered. First John chapter 4, what does it say? Help me more. Beloved. Yes. Let us love one another. The Bible says let's love one another. For love is of God. Now follow me, follow me, follow me. If anybody is talking to you now, that person is an enemy. If anybody is distracting when the word of God is being taught, that's the devil. Anyone who is distracting from the word of God is the devil. Who else will be distracting from the word of God? It can't be God. When you're trying to concentrate on getting nourishment from God's word, that's when that person wants to give you one very hot gist. You can be very sure that this is the devil hiding behind this person. So what do you say? Get the... Say time you say, get the behind you. The Bible says we should love one another. Help me here. What does it say next? And everyone that loveth is born of God. Everyone that loves is born of God. And knoweth God. And knows God. He that loveth not. He that loves not. Knoweth not God. The Bible says he that does not love does not know God. He that does not love. Anyone that does not love does not know God. I don't care how mighty your tongues are. I don't care how strong your tongues are. I don't care how loud your tongues are. I don't care how many times you go to church. The Bible says if you don't love, you don't know God. Is that verse 7? Verse 8, I just read. Verse 8. Now, it says, He that loveth not, knoweth not God. For God is... Love. The Bible says God is love. You see, God has power. God has wisdom. But God is love. God does not have love. God is love. So, he that does not love, does not know God. Give me verse 9. What does it say? Help me. In this was manifested the love of God toward yes, us. Yes. Because that God sent his only begotten son into the world. Yes. That we might live through him. Verse 10. Hearing his love, not that we loved God, yes. but that he loved us. Yes. And sent his son to be the propitiation for us. The Bible says hearing sins. is a love, not that we loved God. But he loved us. Anyone that does not love, 
does not know God. Have you met very wicked Christians before? Mean as a snake. Devilish than the devil. I met Christians who are devilish. Terrible Christians. I mean, they are very Christian. If you have them as your project supervisors in the university, you are in soup. No mercy. If they catch you, not that I not that I encourage exam practices, not that I encourage, but if they should catch you, you are rusticated. You are gone. Oh yes, okay. Finish. Is gone. I know Christians that can keep malice for three years. Mean as a snake. They will set trap for you like this. Have you gone out with a mean Christian before? Have you dated a wicked Christian before? You see, if you are going out with a wicked Christian, they have dates and time and hours of your offenses. Anything you do wrong, they have it written down. And the ones they don't have written down, it's written down in the tablets of their heart. They can tell you specifically what time you did this wrong. I've seen Christians who are possessed of devils, and I will say, hey, you devil, get out of this Christian. And I've seen devils who are possessed of a Christian. And I say, oh, Christian, get out of this devil. Because there are people that are more devilish than demons. Me. No mercy, no compassion, no forgiveness. No forgiveness. You can't. If you offend them, you are finished. And they will be boasting. Say, yes. It's similar I can I can keep malice for five years, and they boast on it. God can touch anything, but God cannot touch that. God can take this, God can do that, but God dare not touch. And God is either Lord of all or not Lord at all. If there's an area of your life that God cannot touch, then He's not the Lord of your life because He's either your Lord absolutely or He's not your Lord totally. Bible says, God is love. It says, not the will of them. Verse 11, is that what it says? Help me. Come on. Beloved, yes. if God so loved us, yes. we ought also to love we one another. We ought also, also to love one another. Give me next. I want to say next. Give me no verse 12. No man had seen God at no, any time. No man had seen God at any time. At any time. If we love another, one another, yes. God dwelleth in us, yes. and his love is perfect. The Bible says, even though nobody has seen God before, but when we love, God dwells in us. I love my brother, God. Even though I've never seen God before, I've never seen God before. But when I love, God dwells me. Give me verse 16. Quickly. And we have known and believed the love that God had to us. Yes. God is love. Yes. And he that dwelleth in love dwelleth yes. in God and yes. God in him. God dwells in him. Verse 18. There is no fear in love. There's no fear. But in perfect love, love casted out fear. Perfect love casted all fear, yes. Because fear had torment. The Bible says fear has torment. He that feareth is not made perfect he that in love. Not, yeah, give me verse 19. We love him. Because he first loved us. This is why we love God. You see, and I'm going to explain this a bit. 
is because Eve first loved us. Verse 20. If a man say I love God. If a man say I love God. And hated his brother. The Bible says, if a man says he loves God and hates his brother. He is a liar. He is a liar. Continue what to say next. For he that loveth not his brother whom he had sin. Not his brother that he can see with his eyes. How then? How can he love God whom he has not seen? A God he cannot see. How can he love a God? You see, the Bible says that God loves us. Not that we loved him, but he first loved us. He poured his heart to us. God is love. Love is not about what we receive, but what we give. Now, if you look at all throughout the scripture, God didn't even ask us to love him back. Love is not about what we get. Follow me closely. Love is about what we give. If I love someone, I am not thinking about what I will get from that person. If you love me, then you would kiss me. It's not love. If you love me, then you would... No, that's not love. If I love you, I should be preoccupied with what to give Look at John chapter 3, verse 16, very popular scripture. All of us know it. I say, For God so does what? That he did what? So the Bible said, God so loved that he gave. Uh-huh. Next thing, what does it say next? The Bible says that whosoever believes in him shall what? But shall what? The Bible says, He that believes in him shall not perish but have. So the first thing is that he loves you, he gave himself to you. Now, he says, if you receive me, I will give you eternal life. The first thing I gave to you is that I gave myself to you. Then when you receive me, I will give you my eternal life. Love, through love, genuine love must first come with me giving myself to you. Not asking anything from you. The challenges we have in marriages today is that two people coming to a relationship thinking of what they are going to get and so if I ask you why are you going to a relationship you are thinking of what to get from it if two people who are self-centered thinking only about themselves coming to a marriage the only reason for divorce is selfishness write it down you see, if I make an absolute statement like this I have taught, I have prayed, I have researched the only reason for divorce in the world today is selfishness. That's all. Nothing else. Why do people divorce? Because someone in that marriage is busy thinking about himself or herself alone. Why do people cheat? That's all. The only reason why people cheat is because they are selfish. You are thinking that you desire or you deserve a kind of sex that your partner can give to you. You deserve it. You are going to go out there and get it for you. Whether your spouse is happy about it or not. If you were thinking about your spouse, you would not cheat. Pure. If you are thinking about your partner, the only reason human beings are born selfish. Human beings, okay, they want to change over from generator to 
to, to Nepal. Human beings are born. If you see a baby born, new baby, the mother had been laboring for eight hours in pain, in agony. And then she births the baby. And the first thing the baby is doing, what's the first doing? Crying and saying, who's going to carry me now? Who's going to look at me? Who's going to give me food? The baby is not even concerned about this woman who has been bleeding for hours to give birth to it. Human beings are like that. So the Bible says love is not what you get. So if you are in a relationship with somebody today and all the person has from you is demands and demands and demands and demands, that's not love. That's not love. Love is not true when all it has is what I want to get. My friend, what are you willing to give? If two people who have made up their say, listen to me clearly, if two people who have made up their minds, they are going to honor each other, they are going to give to each other, they are going to put each other ahead of themselves, if all the cohorts of demons, if all the bands of devils gather together The secret of marriage is agreement. Some people came together in Genesis that they were going to build a house that would reach God in heaven. And they started. The Bible says God came down and saw what the sons of men were building. And God went back to heaven and told the angels and said nothing can be refrained from them. That they have imagined in their heart. This was God. The almighty God. Said these people are going to achieve this thing. Or the only way is to scatter their language. And what is more scattering language than the disunity and disagreements in marriages today? Two people married saying absolutely different things. Selfishness. Selfishness is the root for every divorce. God says, I'm not asking you to love me back. The Bible says we loved him. So the Valentine gift is not you getting. You don't go to Valentine thinking of what you are going to get. Mm. One gender is not happy. Somebody even looking at me, hey pastor, don't even. <laughs> I'm going to say it, I will not look your side. The truth of love is not about what you will get. It's about what you will give. The challenge I have is that I just pray that you fall in the hands of the right person. Because some people are giving and giving and giving and they get nothing back. The Bible says he gave himself first before he gave his life. He says if you receive me, then get eternal life. True love is from the heart. 
I give you first my heart. The Bible says, give me your heart. And so nothing else is a measure for love. Nothing else is a measure for true love if the heart is not involved. Listen to me, listen, listen to me. Money can never be the true measure of love. I can give you money without having, without having anything for you. I'm coming, don't worry, let every side be saying their own. I'm coming to touch everybody. I can give you money and I have no place for you in my heart. Money is not a measure for love. And so if you're a side chick here this morning, if you are a side chick here this morning and you are engaged to a married man, who is giving you money, but his heart he kept elsewhere? That's not love. Jesus said, I gave you my life. Just look straight at me. Don't worry, don't look at your side. <laughs> money is not a measure of love. Sex is not a measure of love. If you love me, you will sleep with me. Is not love. And any man that cannot honor your body and let you keep the values of God that you honor till you marry him, that man has no love for you. Listen to me. And I'm going to say, I'm going to come close. I'm going to come close. I'm going to come close to you because I don't want you to miss this. I don't want you to miss this. Sex is not a measure of love. People have, they have lied a particular life for so many years that women can't have sex without their mind. It's a lie. Women are having sex. Say, you know, a man, a man will have sex. He might not love the person, but he can have sex with the person. But you know, a woman, a woman, if a woman has sex, he must love the person. All those show that are outside have no love. And they're having sex on the regular. So sex cannot be a measure of love. Sex cannot be a reward. Sex cannot be a gift of Valentine. Sex can never be any of this. Are you following me? True love must come first. Please follow me closely. True love must come first from the heart. A man's heart is the most critical part of his life. Please listen to me. Jesus, in the scripture, Proverbs says, My son, give me your heart. You see, God is not even interested in what you do for him. That your heart is nothing. God's not interested in that. The heart is the most critical part of a man's life. Even biologically, they will tell you if they want to check whether a man is alive or not, they will check for pulse if his heart is still beating. You know, people can have their brains damaged, they can be like vegetables, people can have their limbs damaged, people can be alive for 10 years, but the moment the heart shuts down, the body dies. The true test whether a man has died is whether his brain is stopped working. A man's brain can stop working and he will still be alive. There are even animals that if you cut off their head, they will still be, they will still be alive. 
But when a man's heart stops beating, you see, your heart is the source of your life. If I love you and my heart is not in it, it's not love. If I love you because I give you money and my heart is not in it, it's not love. And so that's why before Jesus gave you eternal life, he first died. His heart stopped working. He gave you his heart and says, if you receive me, then I will give you life. Don't let me give you life when I've not given you my life. So Jesus first gave his life on the cross before he offered you life. Giving and love must come from the heart. People's money will follow their heart. The Bible says in Mark chapter 6 verse 21, where a man's heart is, yeah, his treasure would follow. Where a man's heart is, his time will go. Where a man's heart is, his money will go. Where a man's heart is, his attention will go. If I want to know where your heart is, I know where you're pouring your energy. Your heart, everything follows your heart. Everything follows your heart. Everything follows your heart. Everything, absolutely everything follows your heart. Proverbs 23 verse 26, write it down. Proverbs 23 verse 26 says, my son, give me your heart. Give me your heart. That's why everything that God does, every call he gives a man, it starts from their heart. He puts a burden in your heart. See, God can give you a burden for, for homeless children. Are you following my point? Are you following my point? God can give you a burden for abused children. God can give you a burden for addicts, drug addicts. Everything that God wants to do, first he does is to put something in your heart. That's why you have to listen to the beat of your heart. Some people are looking for a voice from heaven when their heart is crying out to them. God has spoken through the passion in your heart. God gives you a burden. He never leaves you without a burden. Even though he told you in Matthew 20, he says, come to me all that labor, you know, I have a lady and I'll give you rest. He says, but take my yoke. So he takes a burden from you but replaces it with another burden. God never leaves you without a burden. So you come to him with the burden of powerlessness against sin. He takes it away and replaces it with the burden of restlessness for righteousness. There must be a burden. There must be a yoke. You must carry something. People wake up tired, wake up weary, wake up bored every day. That because they are either carrying a wrong burden or not carrying any burden at all. I believe that life's heaviest burden is having nothing to carry. That you wake up every morning and there's nothing you are pushing. It's such a miserable life. So everything starts with your heart. God wants your heart first. Give me to me. Second Corinthians 8, verse 1 to 5. NLT. Second Corinthians 8, verse 1 to 5. Now, yes. I, I want you to know, dear I, brothers and sisters, yes. what God in his kindness has done through the churches in Macedonia. Yes. They are being tested by many troubles and they are very poor. Is that NLT? Yes, sir. Yes, continue. But they are also filled with abundant joy. Bible says they are filled with abundant joy, yes. Which has overflowed in rich generosity. Overflowed in rich generosity, yes. For I can testify that they gave not only Paul what they could said, afford. I can testify that they gave not only what they could afford, yes. But far more. But far more. And they did it of their own free will. Bible says they did it of their own free will. They Nobody forced them, yes. They begged us again and again. They for the were begging us for the privilege of sharing in the gift. So these people wanted to give to God and they were begging Paul. Please, bro, Paul, let us give. Paul said, please don't bother. Don't give. You guys say, no, pastor. We have to give. Continue what to say next. For, 
of sharing in the gift for the believers in Jerusalem. Yes. They even did more than we had hoped. Yes. But their action was to give themselves the to Bible the Lord. The Bible says they gave themselves to the Lord and to us. And to us. Just as God wanted them to first, do. First, they gave their first action. Their first action was to give themselves first. They gave them, because God cannot collect anything from you when He has not first collected you. Are you following my point? Okay, so let me show you a scripture. Genesis. Cain and Abel. Genesis. The story of Cain and Abel. Genesis chapter 4. Let's go verse 3. Genesis chapter 4. Do more. You get from verse and 3. And in KJV. And KJV. in the process of time. In process of time. It came to pass. It came to pass. That Cain brought of the fruit of the ground. And Cain brought of the fruit of the ground. And offering unto the Lord. And offering unto the Lord. Yes. And Abel. And Abel. He also brought of the fastenings of his flock. He brought the fastenings of his Yes. And of the fat thereof. Yes. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to and his offering. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. Who did the Lord have respect to first? Amen. Eh? The Lord first had respect unto who? Abel, and then to his offering. Next verse, what does it say? But unto Cain and to his offering. And then unto who first? Unto Cain, and then to his offering. He had not, not respect. So the Lord first of all did not accept Cain before he did not accept his offering. And so they will tell you when you were in Sunday school, in um, our old church is that why did God not collect from Cain? What did they tell you? Eh? They said what? What he brought, eh? That what he brought was dirty, spoiled fruits. That it was, someone says what he brought is not even plenty. Because God is hungry. So they told us all kinds of stuff. They said what he brought didn't have blood. All those things that they were saying. Is in the Bible. The Bible says God did not accept Cain. The Bible now says, if you go to the next verse, what does the next verse say? And Cain was very wrought. And Cain was very wrought. And his countenance fell. Yes. And the Lord said unto Cain, Yes. Why art thou wrought? Why are you wrought? And why is thy countenance falling? Yes. The next if verse. thou doest well, if you do well, shall thou not be accepted? So he said, if you do well, will you not have been accepted? You see, it was not about his offering. If you have done well, will you not have been accepted? So a love that I gave to you that did not come from my heart first. From my heart first. From my heart. My heart is the true measure of love. And so when God wanted to love you, he loved you and he poured his heart into it. He loved you and poured his heart into it. He wants you to be first of all his friend. First of all is G. You know that song that that guy sang, Spiral? I sing the song yesterday over and over. I said, this guy just picked the heart of God. Damn, your G for life. He says, true friends, no be money. Did he, he said that? Did he say that? He said, whether the road is rough, he said, I'm here with you. So it's not about what we have. It's about what we share between me and you. And friendship with God can grow with time. When it grows with time, it affects even the things that are your desires. Hey, Jesus. You know, God, because you are in love with God, you can even do things that you not have done by yourself before. There are people that, through to God who made you, you can never talk to them, even not for God. 
if not for God, there are Christians that used to fight on the road. I've seen him. I was telling my wife on Friday. I was going to pick my, I was taking my children to school. I saw two guys. If you see these guys, one was driving a Land Cruiser. The other was driving a very recent Toyota Camry. Superb car. They came out of their car. They were looking crisp. Nice suits. Crisp. Well ironed and starched shirts. I mean, you can't but miss when the guy is looking good. These guys were looking superb and they were fighting. They were fighting on the road. You are an idiot. And I, I said, go. My children said, I said, go. This is not my dressing room. When you grow close to God, what is interesting to God becomes interesting to you. It's by friends. So you see people who have friends who are mountaineering friends. You have friends that become your body. You guys now share interests. Yeah, me and my friend, we like hanging out. You know, just kind of, what kind of friends do you have? Like hanging out friends. You have friends where you go where? Eh? What's that thing? Eh? Karaoke friends. So you guys now share the same thing because you've grown into friendship. I mean, if you have friends like that, that you share things with, you know, you guys love each other. You love. So even though you didn't used to like that thing before, but because that your friend likes it and that your friend does it, now you, you begin to like it. Like, I, I don't watch movies. I still don't watch movies. You know, that's my, that's my best sleeping drug. If you want me to sleep now, just play a movie. You know, except they are fighting from beginning to the end. All those story movies that they're going to say, fast forward it to the end. What happened? What now happened? What happened? Nobody can use my, my own money to suspense me to what for what. After I finish, I'll now rewind. Okay, so let's now see what happened before then. You know, so if I ever, if I ever, ever go with my wife to a cinema, I don't go to cinema, but if I ever, ever go with my wife to a cinema because she likes movies, I'll be sleeping. She wake me up. I say, you know, wake me up when I want to fight the last fight. The last fight. So there are things that you can love because of the person you love. Yeah, yeah. Yes, sir. There are things that become your interest because of who you follow. Look at this. Song of Solomon chapter 1. Song of Solomon chapter 1 verse 6. Help me. In contemporary English version, CEV. You have it, Dumont. Song of Solomon chapter 1, 67. What does it say? You have CEV. Okay, help me. Is this CV? Okay, don't that, stare at me. Don't stare at me. Just because the sun has darkened my skin. So this, this girl here is a black girl. She said, son, like just like Dumont. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. The sun has darkened. She, and she didn't bleach. You see that? She didn't bleach. Are you sure? I feel that Navdak has not said bleaching is okay. Like, no, no, no. Um, sorry, that's not the point of my sermon this morning. Say, don't stare at me. Don't look at me. Don't look at my face. Because the sun has darkened. Can you know what to say next? My brothers were angry with me. My brothers were angry with me. They made me work in the vineyard. They made me work in the vineyard. And so I neglected my complexion. So I, I didn't care about how I was looking because of what my brothers were doing. Yes, next. My darling. Yes. I love you. I love you. Where do you feed your sheep Where and do... let them rest at noon? So you see, this lady is a vine dresser. Follow me. She's a vine dresser. What she does is vine dressing. But because she has fallen in love with a shepherd. So now she's concerned about where he feeds his flock. She knew nothing about shepherding. She knew nothing about flocks or goats or sheep. She knew nothing. But now because she has fallen in love with someone who was a shepherd, now she was asking, where? Don't let the other shepherds think badly of me. I'm not one of those women who shamelessly follow after shepherds. So just tell me exactly where you are. 
And I'll meet you there. So you meet under the mango tree. What could have been irritating to her before? Maybe she didn't even like the smell of sheep. But she can put up now with the smell of sheep because she fell in love with a shepherd. Your interest can be tweaked by the interest of the one you are falling in love with. That's what happens to people when they fall in love. That was what happened to Jesus. That's what will happen to you when you fall in love with Jesus. You see, Jesus is a shepherd. Are you following me? Is Femi in the house back? Femi, are you in the house? Femi is not back. Jesus is a shepherd. And the greatest, most important thing to Jesus is his sheep. You know, they asked him one day, is it good to heal the sick on Sabbath? He said, who among you, whose sheep falls into the pit on a shepherd? So he is he's passionate about his sheep. Jesus is passionate about his sheep. Jesus would do anything for his sheep. He said to Peter, if you love me, what do you do? Eh? If you love me, feed my sheep. If you love me, if you love me, feed my sheep. You see, don't feed my sheep if you don't love me. Ah, that's powerful. Don't go near my sheep because some people don't mind feeding their sheep just to get you. But they don't love you. Some guys can pretend for two weeks just to get you. But they don't love you. They can be very gentle. They can be very beautiful. If you call them once, they answer three times. But they suddenly they become so busy because now what they are looking for, they have got. And so women too are like that. Some women too are like that. They are all gentle, quiet, well-behaved. Pinch them, they'll say, I'm sorry. Nothing to do against them, they are apologizing. Until you marry them. Someone has said, okay, now I know your true color. He said, go take and paint your wall now. <laughs> now you know my true color. Jesus said to Peter, if you love me, feed my sheep. You see that? That's my interest. When you love someone genuinely, what is their interest become your interest. So it becomes service motivated by love and love expressed by service. So you cannot love me and not serve me. But you must serve me because you love me because you actually can serve me without loving me. Are you following my point? Jesus is a shepherd. He lost, he, he, he lost a sheep in Luke chapter 15. And I'm going to end because my time is almost up. He lost a sheep in Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15 is already, obviously, apparently, one of my most, you know, loved portion of the scriptures. Because I was once a lost sheep too. A lost sheep has no hope. Because sheep... They don't, they can't bite. They can't fight. They are easy prey to wolves. 
And that's why the shepherds have to be there all the time. He said a story of two sons. Luke chapter 15 from verse 11. And he said, Verse 11. Yes. And he said, Yes. A certain man had two sons. A certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Yes. Father, give me the portion of the goods that followed to me. Yes. And he divided unto them his living. He divided unto them, yes. And not many days after, not many days after, the younger son gathered so all together. So you see, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to flow. I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to read through everything because of our time, but I want to just follow me. Allow me take you through this journey. This younger son was restless. He was restless. He didn't want his father telling him what to do anymore. He didn't want that kind of thing. He didn't want anybody telling him what time to go out or what time to come. You see, people leave their parents' house because they don't want their parents telling them what time to come in. They are eager to be free. Eager to be out there. And that was how this boy was. It was his life after all. It's my life. Let me live with it. The way I want to live it. They don't want anybody telling them anything. They don't want the pastor telling them anything. They are restless. So some people take all that they have and go to a distant life because they don't want anybody controlling them. Listen to me closely. They don't want anybody telling them what to do with their body. There's a song. What are they with my body? There's a song like that. How many have that song before? My, my choice. My body, I can do with it what I want. It's a very popular song came out last year. It's my body, it's my choice. I don't want anybody telling me what to do with my body. I don't want anybody telling me what to do to my body. I don't want anybody telling me what to wear on my body. It's my body and it's my choice. And so I can pierce it as much as I want. I can draw anything on it. I can do anything I like. Don't worry, I'm going to lose some of you now, but I'm, going to, I'm praying for you already. I'm not going to lose you forever. In the name of Jesus. This boy wanted to be free. He wanted to be independent. <laughs> he wanted to exact his independence. So he went home. He wanted to have sex whatever time he liked. So you don't have to wait. I can't wait for my father to die. Because it was true. The father had to die before he had his inheritance. Is that true? But this guy wasn't going to wait for his father to die. So he said, don't wait. Don't wait till marriage. Have sex the way you want. So I don't have to wait till marriage. I can have as much sex as I want. I can take as much drugs as I want. Nobody should control me. Nobody should tell me what I should do with my body. It's my choice. And so this boy took his inheritance and went and did his thing. Bible says he went to a far country. And I've been before the far country is not a far country. The far country is anywhere out of the reach of the care of the eyes of Jesus. Anywhere you are. So this boy went to Las Vegas. He liked the lights. Oh my God. <laughs> you see, he has always wanted to have this phone before. Some people ran away from their houses and came to serve in Abuja because they want to come to a distant land. Some of you are here today. You ran away from home. Because nobody knows you here. All your childhood Christian friends are way back in Lagos. Now you can be whoever you want to be. You can even open Instagram and TikTok pages and twerk on it. 
and open it with names that are not your names and you are in the far country you want to have some fun listen to me I came for you this morning fun he says nobody knows me here my pastor is in Ibadan my pastor is in Jaws and that funny dicking come always checking my skirt always wicked woman now let them see me where I am Knows. So you came to a place where nobody knows you. You had gone to a distant land. He wanted to have fun. So he came. The Bible says he had a lot of money with him. So he was able to afford so many things and was able to afford so many friends. His friends came. His friends loved him. And of course, you know, when the money finished, the friends finished. Because you can't buy true friendship with money. Listen to me. Listen to me clearly. You can't buy true friendship with money. All these things you are doing on social media, you can't get real friends like that. You're, 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 there's a hunger for your heart for true friendship and you can't get it like that. There are people who are sitting down chatting and sexting with strangers. You stumble on them on Instagram, stumble on them on Facebook and you're there video calling, doing all kinds of stuff. You can find true friendships like that. I was telling my wife, I was listening to Billy Graham. Billy Graham said that with all the fast technology we have invented, we still don't have time. Everything we invented, we invented airplanes, invented cars, invented phones, and still we don't have time. He said, my parents had more time in their hands than we have now. My parents, all the, my parents had were horses, us, and yet they had time to meet real friends. They have time to go spend vacation in family homes. Their children grew up together. They have time to stay in country homes, in cottages. Our grandfathers, our grandmothers. They have time to build up and build strong relationships. And we have phones. We have phones. We have everything no generation ever had. And yet we have nothing true. We have nothing genuine. All facade. All plastic. Plastic friendships. Plastic relationships. Plastic life. Fake life. That's all we have. So this boy was like that. So when his money left, of course, all his friends, because they are plastic friends. And I want to quote my friend Spiral. Tell him when you see him, I quoted him. Good friends, no be money. Money will never bring true love. A great body will never bring true love. Big breasts will never bring true love. Big bum bum will never bring true love. Listen to me. Money will never bring true love. Money will never bring true love. A great body will never bring true love. A great shape will never bring true love. And if somebody, somebody agrees to marry you now because of your breasts, what kind of father will it be to your kids? Is that the kind of man you want to settle your life down with? A man that followed you because you foolishly exposed your breast to him. Even a cow has breasts. You can never find true love because of a great body. You can never find true love out there because of your great body. 
And if you have a big breast and that's all you think you have, that's your qualification, that's your CV, that's your proof of men, that's everything you have. And on the day of your wedding, you are there dodging, hiding your husband. So I doesn't see that your other friend who has a bigger breast because she also came to open it on your wedding day. And you go to his office, every time you go to his office, suddenly you went one day and you found out that there's a secretary in his office that has a bigger breast. And so because you know what you did, now your peace is gone. Every day I call him, do me video call, do me video call. Do me video Who is there? Who is there? Huh? That's gay, that gay. Is, there's nothing, no. That gay, there's a girl I saw. And when he comes home, and the guy says, why won't you be tired? When you have spent all the day talking with that gay. Because you know that all you had to offer him was a great body. And now somebody came. I was greater than Solomon is here. There'll be somebody with a greater body. True love can never be bought. servant could have wronged you father didn't come back home thinking he had a right didn't come back to your partner think you have a right to forgive him did hurt me what you did pain me you knew it was wrong Dan are you ready with me Dan but my story is not about the son this morning my story is about the father the Bible says the father saw him afar off far off look at me the father has been looking for him when he saw him afar off Scripture says he had compassion on him and ran out to meet him. You see, I know the story of a prodigal son, but there's nobody as prodigal as the father. If there was anybody prodigal in that story, it was the father. He was prodigal with his love. He loved that boy excessively. He was a wasteful lover. And was willing to waste it all again on that side. So that's the kind of father you've come to this morning. When I watched, when I watched Califia Slimzy, I had to clean off the tears of my eyes. Because I know what it is to be loved by God. Listen to me. I'm not faking this. I cried. I cried this morning. When I was praying, I still cried. I mean, cry, cry, baby. I'm telling you. Because there's nothing that I'm doing right now that I deserve. Nothing. There was a shepherd who had lost his sheep. The sheep had gone far, far away. 
The shepherd left the 99 and went after that one sheep. Stubborn sheep he was. Wayward sheep he was. Sheep left the shepherd. Left the shepherd. The shepherd didn't pursue the sheep. Left the shepherd. So that's the sheep. Sick, tired, lost, lonely, cold, and dry. But the shepherd loves the sheep. He's a sheep. He's a sheep. And then he found the sheep. Carries the sheep. Would even allow the sheep walk with his feet because he loved the sheep. The story I read about a man had gone to prison. He had gone to prison. He had shamed his family, shamed his wife, shamed his kids. He had done something really terrible, and nobody was going to stand in for him because of how terrible what he did was. And he had been sent to prison. The man had lost hope of being reconciled to his family. Everything was lost. Everything was gone. So after about 12 years, he was released from prison. And as he was going to be released from prison, he wrote a letter to his wife. He said, sweetheart, I know I don't deserve to be loved anymore. I know I don't deserve to be accepted anymore. I know I don't deserve to be taken back home. He said, but I'm going to ask you, sweetheart, if you will take me back, I'm going to be released from prison tomorrow. And I'm going to drive in front of our house. If you are going to take me back, please, can you put a yellow sheet in front of our roof? When I see that yellow sheet, I will know you are willing to take me back. Because I wasn't going to come in because I know I don't deserve. Me too, I know I don't deserve to be taken back. So when he was released the next day, he was in the bus going home. He had told his wife in that letter. If I don't see the sheets, I will know and I will understand and I will believe that it is true. I also, I also know I don't deserve it. I also go get a job, go do something somewhere. Just forget about me. I'll find my life. So as he was coming from the prison, the boss where he was in, the boss picked some students from campus because of the same route. And as they were driving down, <laughs> he told them there's his story. So I'm going home. I'm not sure if I'll be taken today. So, but I just want to try. So he told them, sorry, I've told my wife, she's going to take me back. She will leave yellow sheets on our roof so I could see it. So the campus students were eager. They waited. They could have dropped, but they waited. They wanted to see if his wife would take him back. And as they drove around the corner, the corner to the street to his house, everybody was eager. The children too were in the bus. They wanted to know. The moment they came to the corner, right from the corner, every tree had yellow sheets on them. Every house, every window, every roof had a yellow sheet on it. When I peeped into heaven this morning, every road had a yellow sheet in it. When I peeped into heaven this morning, I saw that God, His hands are open wide to receive a lost sheep who had walked away from home. This morning, I looked up to heaven and I saw every window had a yellow sheet waiting for you to come back home. If you're here this morning, you want to say, Pastor, I'm lost. 
and I can't help myself. Pastor, I can't find myself. This is not the life I even bargained for. I feel helpless. I feel hopeless. Help me, Pastor. Help me find Jesus again. Help me find him. Help me. Help me. This is not the life I wanted to live. This is not the life I bargained for. I've gone so far away. Will Jesus take me back? Will Jesus take me back this morning? Pastor, you don't know what I've done. You don't even want to know what I've done. But are you saying to me that Jesus will take me back if I come to him this morning? I'm that lost sheep that needs to be found. All eyes closed. All heads bowed. If there's anybody in this congregation today, your case is like my case. Your case is like the case of that ship. So God said to Zacchaeus, He says, Today I will be in your house, not tomorrow. Not tomorrow, today. Right where you are, lift up your right hands. I want to pray with you. Yes, yes, yes. Lift it up, 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 up. You want to say, Pastor, I want to come back home. Lift it up. I want to see your hands. Lift it up. There are yellow sheets everywhere. Everywhere. The entire gates of heaven fill with yellow sheets as God waits for his son and his daughter to return home this morning. If you're lifting up your hands, lift it up for me to see. If you wouldn't mind, with all eyes closed, all heads bowed, would you come and meet me in the front here? Come, come from the front. Come and meet me here. If your hands are lifted, come, 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 everyone, come. Come, come, come and meet me up here. Come and meet me. Come and meet me here. Come, the hands of God, the hands of God is open wide. It's open wide. Come, come from everywhere. Come. If you've walked away from the love of the Father, if you are in the hands of a strange man, you are in the hands of a strange woman, Jesus is calling you home. Jesus is calling you home. Come, don't wait for me to have to call you over and over. If you know that you've walked away from the love of your father, there are yellow sheets in heaven this morning. Ah, uh, no shadow you will light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming out. is waiting the hands of Jesus maybe you are in the hands of a strange man maybe there's someone's giving you big food temporary comfort someone is telling you don't worry I'll be there for you but you know you've walked away from the love of your father you've walked away from the love of your master there was one who loved you he loved you enough and he died for you on the cross 
On that day, Jesus is shed his blood. Salivary. Shed his blood. The color of love is red. On that day, spill his blood. Spill his blood to save you. The Bible says, Do your sins be as scarlet? I will make them as white as snow. Do they be as crimson? I will make them as wool. If you sit that down there and you are considering pastor, I will do it tomorrow. No, don't do it tomorrow. Today is the day Jesus died for you. And don't say I'm ashamed. Why will you be ashamed? Jesus died for you on the cross. He laid his life. He shed his blood. He was stripped naked. Everyone saw him. He did that for you. He did that for me. Don't sit back in your seat just because you don't want to be seen. person who was blind but now I can see I'm that person whose life was battered and shattered and lost but Jesus took the broken piece of my life and put it back together and today I'm a vessel in his hands he never gives up on you he never gave up on you it's okay to cry it's okay to cry it's okay to cry thank you Jesus look at me after me say Lord Jesus Put your hand on your chest. Say, Lord Jesus, I come to you today. I cannot save myself. Lord Jesus, I came to you today just the way I am. I ask that you take me and you receive me. Give me a new heart. Give me a new spirit. Write my name in the book of life. Bring me in into your kingdom and turn my life around let me never remain the same again from today I declare 
that you are my Lord and my personal Savior. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Thank you, Jesus, for receiving me. In Jesus' precious name. My voice is Thank you for listening to this message. Meditate on these words and watch how it will transform your life. For inquiries, please call 0909-672-9827 or 0807-548-5997. You can reach us on Instagram and Facebook. Instagram at SLChurchNG. You can reach us on our Facebook. That's Supernatural Life Church.